Welcome to the Bentonville Beacon, where we bring you success stories from business leaders and owners about their triumphs and growth in the Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas community. You'll hear about how Bentonville has been the backdrop for incredible growth, not only for businesses and their employees, but in their personal lives as well. Tune in, subscribe, and enjoy hearing about Bentonville, where you get more of what you want and less of what you don't. Welcome back to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast, where we're sharing stories and advice from the leaders sparking the rise of Bentonville, one of the fastest growing and most dynamic cities in the United States, nestled in the Ozark Mountains of Northwest Arkansas, in the heartland of America. Hey, I'm your host, James Bell, and I, it's my pleasure to share the studio today with Rodrigo Salas, who is the Executive Director of Entrepreneur, Entrepreneurship for All Northwest Arkansas, or e for all NWA. Rodrigo, welcome to the show. Thank you, James. It's a pleasure to be here today. Yeah, you bet. Hey, real quick, before I start asking uh, you questions for the audience, e for all is accelerating economic and social impact through entrepreneurship, through inclusive entrepreneurship nationwide. And I'll leave it up to Rodrigo to describe more deeply what that means, but also want you to know that I'm part of the leadership advisory board here for them in Northwest Arkansas and am thrilled to serve in that role and help out however possible. They've also served as a mentor for some other companies. And so let's get into this, Rodrigo. Let's start by getting to know you. And that is, what's your story? Talk about your background and perhaps take us up to the point right before you joined uh, E4All. And, you know, I want the audience to buckle up and listen because I have yet to hear really your broader story, but from what I gather from talking with other folks and from visiting your uh, LinkedIn page, there's a lot there to uh, talk about. So I'm going to turn it over to you. I don't know if it's Interesting or not, but you know, uh, thank you, James. So I, I am uh, originally from Mexico City, hence the accent. Born and raised there until my early thirties. I, I I graduated from college there, went to the Tech de Monterrey, worked my early career years with you know in the food and beverage industries in Mexico. Prior to moving to Austin, Texas, where um, I came here to study my master in business at the University of Texas in Austin. After graduation, moved to Dallas, continuing my marketing career. Um, I was I worked for a couple of companies, mostly on the product development and brand development side of the business. We focused on creating brands for the multicultural markets um, in, in the mm-hmm. United States. And, and then I worked as a strategy director for an advertising agency as well, working, you know, for the big corporations like Procter & Gamble, Hershey, um, Nissan, Tecate, Heineken, and all those things. Then I had the crazy idea of starting my own business, which has been, as every entrepreneur describes the journey, it has been a crazy journey, but a fun and very full of learnings and experiences. I have a Mexican food business. We make Mm -hmm. um, simmer sauces and hot sauces and we sell them at supermarkets, mostly in Texas. It's been an up and down of, uh, of, uh, as an adventure, but it's been great. And that's what, you know, what, what I've been doing the last few years prior to joining to EFRL. So I, I went back to school to learn how to not to kill people. Um, because, you know, I, I, I couldn't find a co-packer that could make our products mm. for us. So I went to, I, for three years, I was making our own products in a commercial kitchen, bottling them uh, piece by piece and, uh, you know, labeling them and putting them in boxes and then went to supermarkets to sell them and uh, farmer's markets first to, to test them out. Um, so it was, it's, it's been, um, it's, it was, it's, it's been a, a great experience and, um, but that's, that's my story. That's very cool. That's a great story. Man, lots of deep experience there, but for our audience, tell them the name of your sauce sure. company and where to find you. Uh, it's Molly Sauces, M-O-L-L-I. And here in Northwest Arkansas, you can find them at, uh, the co-op in Fayetteville. And, um, there's this, I, it, I'm blanking right now, but it, there's a market in downtown Springdale as well. And I'm, I'm blocking, I'm 
blanking right now, but I, I, it will come back. But we also sell our products there. We sell them on uh, walmart.com, of course, because we had to pivot during the, the pandemic and we sell at amazon.com oh, and our website as well. They can find our products there. Very cool. All right. Awesome. Good. Wanted to make sure folks uh, knew that. Thank so you. we talk about E4All and will you start with, I guess, E4All story? What's the history? How do you serve entrepreneurs differently than other entrepreneurs, board organizations? And why did E4All decide? that Northwest Arkansas was a place they needed to be? Well, E4All was founded in 2010 in Massachusetts. And the whole idea behind it was that there were a lot of organizations that were trying to, you know, help more educated people start and grow their businesses, but there weren't any organizations focusing on the everyday folks and the, the small business owners that also need that help and that, and that support. So that's how it came to life. Since then, it has expanded into 12 other uh, offices around the U.S. And, uh, and the reason why we came to Northwest Arkansas, it was, it was a mixture. Um, Anna Ortiz, who is our program manager, um, she saw a need for, for something to help here in our community, the, like the Hispanic community specifically when, when she started doing the research. But it became, you know, uh, obvious that it wasn't, it wasn't only for the Hispanic community, that it was for more people that it, that the help was needed. Uh, so she talked to the Walton Family Foundation and the Walton Family Foundation, well, they talked to E4All and they were like, come join us in Northwest Arkansas because we need your help in, you know, in creating more equal access to business knowledge and to all these um, business development tools that you have so, so you can help more people in the area. Because I think one of the major things that the, not only the Walton Family Foundation, but everybody, like the major players in the in, in Northwest Arkansas, and you know it, is that mm-hmm. um, they want to create, you know, an environment where everybody has an opportunity. Everybody has a place to be and they belong in the community. And, and that's, we are part of those tools that they're bringing to this market. Yeah, that's great. You know, that's one of the things I love about this community is somebody like Anna can come along and say, hey, here's this problem that we need to solve. Here's a potential solution. Reach out to folks like the Walton Family Foundation who goes, yes, that's exactly what we need to do. Let's just do it, right? And, you know, that people are willing to experiment and try and do new things and, and have folks from outside the area come in and be part of this and be part of building this, this place where we are providing opportunity for all and where we're living up to that sign. My favorite piece of art over at the momentary, you know, it, it, my might be my favorite piece of art in the world is the you belong here sign. And it's not just a matter of making folks feel it. It is that they absolutely know it. And so I, I love that that's the way that E4All got started here. So what led you to join E4All? Well, you know, when I started my business, one of the hardest things for me was to know what was next mm-hmm. because I was wearing so many hats. I was doing so many things at the same time that it was, you know, I was, at many times lost. So in Dallas, I discovered um, SCORE, that it's a, mm-hmm. you know, a part of the SBA, and they assigned a couple of mentors to me. And those mentors were instrumental for me. Like they were super helpful. They, uh, they guided me in, one was on the financial side, the other one was on the sales side. And, and, and it made a tremendous difference for me. So I after a couple of years, I started also mentoring uh, in Dallas. And when I moved to Northwest Arkansas, I looked for places where I could mentor and I found Startup Junkie and I started mentoring for them. And they were the ones who told me, hey, if we're always looking for a bilingual ED, are you interested? And when I saw the mission and the vision of, of our organization, I said, yes, I want to be part of this. And that's how I got to apply and to be the ED of, um, of Entrepreneurship for All. It's lovely how things work out, isn't it? Yeah, it's destiny. Yeah, absolutely. Well, talk about, so it, I'll, I'll backtrack a moment and tell you that they had a little something to do with me ending up here too. Somebody from Startup Junkie and somebody from the Northwest Arkansas Council basically reached out to me oh, yeah. within a few minutes of each other one day and said, hey, there's this gig. It's the one you need to take. They knew that, you know, I talked with them quite often, knew that they knew that we were coming to Northwest Arkansas it was only a matter of when and under what circumstances. And it turns out they identified that the, the, the thing that I had to do 
right now. <laughs> and we had to bring our family in that, that we had to be part of this and now we're never leaving. So that's um, amazing. But talk about some of the entrepreneurs and businesses that EFRA and WA has had the opportunity to serve so far here. So we have a wide variety of, uh, of profiles, if you want to call it that way. Our programs, we run them simultaneously in mm -hmm. English and Spanish. So um, we serve a wide variety of people. I think the one piece in common that they all have is this determination to be successful and to, and to bring this idea to life and not only to life, but also make it a success. So I don't know, I, we have so many examples of great entrepreneurs. So something that I, I find it hard to pinpoint at one because I don't want to exclude anybody, mm -hmm. but I can tell you this, like we've run two accelerator programs since we opened our office in July of last year. And the 32 entrepreneurs that have gone through our program, all of them have been an inspiration and an admiration to me. Like, it's just incredible the amount of energy, the amount of dedication, the amount of, you know, passion that they have for their businesses and what they want to build. Not one has disappointed us in any way. On the contrary, I think that they've exceeded our expectations by far. And, and mind you, it's, 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 it's challenging because sometimes mm -hmm. they don't have the business skills that, you know, you and I or some other people have developed when working in a corporate environment. So they don't have the soft skills, let's say it, that, you know, many people have like creating an agenda or, uh, or sending updates on, mm -hmm. on the things that you're doing. So, so it's, it's, it's a work in progress for them because it's the first time that they're doing it and it can be frustrating for them. And for the mentors, because big part of our program is driven by the mentors that they get. Uh, and those mentors like you, 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 you had that experience. Um, so the mentors, you know, oftentimes feel the need of, of asking certain things for them because they don't, they don't know how to do it. They don't like our entrepreneurs. They don't know how to go about it. So they need to take that initiative, our mentors and help them with that. Yeah, uh, you bet. Uh, it's been a real joy mentoring. I guess I've mentored one company with uh, E4A and never would I have thought I'd be spending a substantial amount of time mentoring somebody uh, doing a salon. But there we were. And, you know, in, in, in for E4A, you use the team mentoring concept, which I absolutely love because we as mentors learn so much from each other. Each other. And then the mentoring team learns so much from the entrepreneur too. So it was really fascinating mentoring that way and enjoyed every moment of, of uh, mentoring. And also am just deeply impressed uh, by everybody who's been coming through the program. Everybody I've seen so far has been fantastic. And you're right. The determination is the, the commonality that, that runs through them and really runs through this region. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, somebody said that to me the other day on, well, a few weeks ago when we were doing uh, the podcast kind of live or, or recording short sections segments during the Northwest Arkansas Tech Summit. Use the word determination. And my first pass was like, I didn't really like the word that much. And then as I thought about it, it was, well, we've got this different level of determination here. It's not just determination. It's determination. And we know we are absolutely going to make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know yet how, but we know it's going to work. And so... I love that about the sort of the DNA and culture of things. Here. Yeah. Where do you find entrepreneurs for e for all or how do they find you? And then what's the application and selection process like? Well, you know, entrepreneurs, we find them everywhere. It's a, a huge task for us as mm -hmm. a team. We are a small but mighty team of four. So we go to community events. Uh, we are constantly talking to people at, different, uh, you know, farmer's markets at any community event that happens in Northwest Arkansas, because you never know who needs the help. Sometimes appearances can be deceiving and sure. people may seem that they have all their dogs in a row and maybe not. So we're talking to people all the time, constantly um, going to the radio stations, going to the TV stations, um, letting people know that we're here to help because and that's the hardest part, I think, like, like having all the people know that we exist and that we're here to help and our services are free. 
it's uh it's one of the biggest challenges for us uh without having any marketing budget to pay yeah. for you know millions of dollars to advertise on everywhere um so it's yeah it's basically knocking on doors and and talking to people and and the way they have to apply it's very simple uh, and we're actually uh, today we were having a, a conversation with our national team about how we can make it even simpler perfect because um sometimes the application can be a little bit intimidating because of the questions that we ask. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so it's it's an online application. They have to fill it out. All we ask and, and really what we are looking for when somebody's applying to our program is, is a clear idea of what they want to do. Whether it's what, like we, we accept businesses in many different stages. They can be an idea stage, they can be a startup or they can be, they can be been, been, been in business for many, many years. But the one thing that they need to have in common or like for each one of them is a clear idea of what they want to do. They may not know how, but they need to know what, uh, because that's the only way that we can help them. And the other thing that we're looking for is, uh, and that's part of the application process is it's, we want to get people that are open-minded, that are willing to accept feedback because they're mm-hmm. going to be interacting with mentors. They're going to be interacting with people as, that are experts in many subjects and they're going to give them a lot of advice, a lot of feedback. And if they're not willing to listen and to, we're not saying that they need to take everything that they are hearing and just change everything. But if it makes sense, then you should definitely consider it and and make a change on your business. So we want people that are open-minded that want to get that feedback and that if that feedback makes, makes sense and it's going to make their business better, then make that change. And for that purpose, we conduct interviews with the, um, with all of the semifinalists that mm-hmm. come through the process. So we can see how they react when somebody is challenging their something about their business with some, you know, backup or something that, that make like makes them a little bit more, not just a, uh, an idea in the air, but something more uh, reasonable. And we see how they react. So that's how, that's how we accept, we get to our final cohort that we meet. That, well, you know, because you are on our board. But so as, a, as a, 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 the last uh, step that we take to select our cohorts is we have a meeting with our board just to review all the participants that apply, then the ones that ended up being interviewed and, uh, and who we think, because sometimes people either... They are terrible at writing, you know, and they're not, they don't do a very good job in, in the writing application or they, they get nervous and they are not very good at interviewing. Sure. Um, but we and my team, we, we talk to those entrepreneurs. So we know them in a little bit more deeper, in a deeper way. So sometimes we know like this person didn't do really well on their interview, but they can be a really strong, you know, entrepreneur in our program. So. That's what we discuss with the board and we, you, you've lived it, but we, like we get to an agreement where we decide how many people we accept and that's how we choose our cohorts. I, I love that approach and especially, you know, looking at coachability, right? Yeah. Uh, he, uh, heaven knows I, I've met a few entrepreneurs who weren't coachable at all and then some who were over coachable, right? Uh, you talked about not accepting all the feedback and I'll tell the entrepreneurs out there. You're just getting started. Something you also need is what's called a founder's filter. (laughs) It is your business. It is your baby. But, you know, you need to hear what others have to say about it and be able to respond to that and act on that if you you need to and talk with potential customers and find out if they care about it the same way that you care about at least the problem and how you're solving it. But there's a lot to work with there. And so that's... uh, I. I think if I had a, a top 10 list of things an entrepreneur must have or needs to have to be or needs to be to to succeed, coachability has to be at the top of that list. It has to be, for sure. Yeah. So what's the journey like once the entrepreneur is in? Are there, are there classes? Is there money? Do they pay you? How does it work? Well, so again, all, all our programs are free. So, um, mm-hmm. because thanks to the Walton Family Foundation that they're funding us, but basically, um, it's a very intense journey for them at the beginning, at least. Sure. Because the first three months, they need to attend classes twice a week for two and a half hours each day. And, and during those classes, they're going to learn all the basic 
knowledge that they need to know in order to start successfully a business. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not all, that's not all that we ask of them. So those are five hours that they're spending every week attending classes, but we ask them that they need to meet with their mentor teams for an hour and a half each week. In addition to those classes to discuss what they learned during those classes and more importantly, how they can apply those learnings to their own business. Um, and, and mind you, we are not asking them to tell the mentors, okay, do my job or do my mm-hmm. work. Uh, but rather come prepared. So they need to spend three, four, five extra hours in between the classes and the mentor meeting, kind of like thinking through what they learned and how it applies to their business. And then bringing those things, those uh, ideas to their mentors to discuss with them and, you know, see what they think and what they, what other thoughts they have, and they can enrich that experience. But that, so that's the, the first three months. That's how it goes. And it's really overwhelming for mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. Um, you've seen it. After the second month, everybody is going crazy because that's when we are looking at numbers and financial aspects of the business. And it's really, really, uh, for some, it's really, really hard. The math and the, you know, it's, it's overwhelming. And the rest of the year is more about, so those three months, they, they are basically building a plan, a business plan. And it's a one page long business plan that Mm -hmm. we asked them to put together. So the rest of the year, they can spend it on executing that plan. Mind you, everybody is going to be in a different stage. Everybody is going to move at different paces. And that's one of the key like elements of our program that it's not like a cool cookie cutter kind of thing. It's like, it's, it's really customized to each, uh, each one's experience. And that's what we make sure that our entrepreneurs and our mentors understand because sometimes the mentors get frustrated because they don't see their entrepreneurs moving as fast as they would like them to move. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, everybody has different ways of working. Everybody has different experiences. So for some, it's really easy to move forward really fast. For some others, it takes them a little bit more time because it's new, everything that they're learning. But anyway, so um, the idea is that those nine months uh, after the planning, it's more about how can you bring that to life? How can you set some goals for yourself, set some goals for your business and start trying to achieve those goals every quarter. And every quarter we have get like check-ins with them. And during those check-ins, we hand out some cash grants. Um, And the idea is to help them out with small things. I mean, we're we're not, we, we give about between ten and fifteen thousand dollars per cohort on cash grants, and it and it's based on effort. This like these cash grants, it's not because you joined our program right. and you have a pretty face or you're a nice person. That doesn't have to do with who's getting the money. It's more about uh, you know, did you attend all the classes? Did you meet with your mentors? Did you are you meeting your goals? Did you set your goals? And are you meeting those goals? Are you working towards those goals? It's mm-hmm. more about effort than, than anything, how we assign the, the cash grants. So every quarter we, we hand out those cash grants to people based on those things and also based on the need, because we ask them to tell us, what do you need? What, what are the things that can help you today move your business forward? And how much is that going to cost you? So based on those things, we, we hand out some cash grants and, uh, and every quarter we're giving them some help. Actually, today we're having our third quarter meeting with the Spanish speaking cohort nice. and we're going to be talking about that as well. So, so that's how we, that's how the program works. And it's a one year long program. So at the end of the 12 months, we like, we've, the program finishes, but what we're trying to do is kind of building a community of E for all alumni where everybody um, hangs out and get together and get to know each other. Because we've seen that from the winter cohort and the summer cohort, we, we, like, we put them together, they interacted, and they've been helping each other. Nice. And that's the beautiful thing about our program, that uh, between like, the two groups and among those uh, individuals, they're helping each other because um, some people have different experiences than others. So they can... They, and they've experienced different problems and the, like some have, have solved different things. So they help each other in many different ways. Yeah, that is the beauty of the cohort model, mm-hmm. uh, right? Is, you know, many times what you really need to do is just get entrepreneurs in the same room 
and they start talking about their ideas and what they're doing and where they're struggling or who they need to connect with. And it turns out other folks in the room know that exactly, yeah. not just the company and the job title or the department, but the exact person yeah, they, yeah, they need yeah. to reach, right? And maybe they're a personal friend. They can make that introduction or, or a professional acquaintance or whatever. And that's the way entrepreneurs get stuff done um, is they just figure it out. Yeah, and 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 then when you put around it the structure uh, of programming and and helping them figure it out, that's where the magic happens. Where does the programming take place in your pitch competitions and capstone events and so on? So you're in Northwest Arkansas, but is there one particular city it happens in, or one particular location, or how how does that work? No, and that's so that that that's a hard thing for us to to decide because mm -hmm. we serve all the Northwest Arkansas region and literally all the, like if you look at the list of the entrepreneurs that are going through our program, they live in Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, Lowe, mm -hmm. uh, Lowell, um, Bentonville, Bella Vista. Like we have Siloam Springs. We have a little bit of everything. So most of our content from the, from the accelerator perspective, it's, um, it's conducted virtually. So we do it via Zoom because first we want to save some time to the entrepreneurs. We know most of them are, you know, they have their, their daily, you know, activities mm -hmm. and work and whatnot. So we try to make it as easy as possible for them to be able to attend the classes. So it's via Zoom that we do the classes. The events, some of them we do them in person. We did a, a couple of them here in Bentonville at the Exchange. We've done a couple of them in Rogers. We've done a couple of them in uh, in Fayetteville and a couple of them in um, in Springdale. So we we go around the region just to make sure that everybody feels included right. and that they don't have to drive around. And the pitch contest is the same. Like we've conducted one in Bentonville, one in Fayetteville, and one, two in Springdale. And next year... I'm assuming it's going to be the same. And also, you know, some of the things that affect is that we need to find for free venues uh, uh -huh. because we're limited in our budget. So that also, that also plays a, plays a role. Like where can we find nice venues that are free for us to use for the events to happen? <laughs> Listen up, Northwest Arkansas. That was a request. <laughs> um, so if you have a venue where... Some wonderful entrepreneurs can uh, meet up and yeah. <laughs> Efraw can bring them in. This is the guy to talk to. Um, you've mentioned mentors a couple of times. Uh, how do you find mentors? How do you know they're a fit for companies? And how do you pair them up with companies? So mentors are super important to our program. As I said before, like they are after, you know, the, the, the classes. I think mentors are the second most important part of our program because this is people that has been involved in business uh, mm -hmm. for the most part of their careers and they understand how businesses operate in different ways. But more importantly, they bring different perspectives and they challenge ideas and they ask questions and they sometimes have to be the motivators, the people that are, you know, cheering them, the entrepreneurs up and, and, and helping them continue moving forward because they're facing so many barriers, so many challenges that sometimes they want to just quit. Sure. Uh, and the mentors are there to like, hey, no, no, wait, wait, there's, there's, a, there's a way. We can do this and we can do that. Or, you know, they, they find these options for the entrepreneurs. So mentors, it's, it's, how do we find them? I go, like, well, networking, it's a big part of it. So I go to a lot of networking events. I ask our previous mentors sure. to help us connect with other people. But I, the one thing that I really make sure to do is I, I need to sit down with every single mentor that comes into our program because uh, not every person, they can be good mentors, but not every mentor can be a good eforal mentor. Sure. We need people that, you know, that are willing to, to empathize, to listen, to, to learn from their entrepreneur as well. Um, I mean, these, the, the people that are coming into our program, we have everything from VPs from Walmart, VPs from many other organizations to business owners, right? So it's a wide variety of backgrounds. Many of them have their own businesses, but the one thing in common is that they want to help 
other people. They want to provide this, this extra support to somebody that is in need of that support. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for people that are willing to help. That is not like just for their ego, because sometimes, you mm -hmm. know, some people like to, to mentor for their ego and like, oh, yeah, I'm a great guy, which is great. Like everybody, everybody sure. in our program is great. So that's that's how that's how we normally find the 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 mentors is like through networking, through I do a lot of cold calling on uh, on LinkedIn and sure. uh, and things like that. The University of Arkansas has been of great help, for example, on that end. Uh, they connected us with their uh, alumni networks and, and even like the MBA and the EMBA programs. They've helped share the information, same as NWAC and other organizations. Well, you guys, you help us also share it with your newsletters on the uh, on like the Bentonville Chamber. So the chambers, of course, all of them have been very helpful, but that's that's it's it's tough. So. If you want to be a mentor or if you know somebody who can mentor one of entrepreneurs, please call me, email me, I don't know, smoke signs, whatever you want to send over to, to but we are always in need of more mentors. Excellent. That leads me into my next question, uh, <laughs> too, because we've heard two requests so far. Number one, videos. <laughs> Number two, mentors. Um, I could make a whole list for you. Maybe you've got some uh, items. How else can the community get involved and, and be helpful? Well, that is a great question, James. So there are many ways. One, obviously, donating to uh, to our organization is is a big help. Again, we're a nonprofit. We do everything that we do. We do it for free. Right now, we are uh, lucky enough to have the support of the Walton Family Foundation, but the Walton Family Foundation will not support us forever. So we need to be self-supported. And if you want to donate, you can go to eforall.org um, and there's a button at the top right that says donate and you can click there and it's very simple. It will take you to PayPal and you can donate with your bank or your credit card account. So that's one. The other one is that every accelerator that we run, we need about 120 volunteers to help us. So people that read the applications, uh, every application needs to be read by at least five people. Uh, that it's not us, that it's not the uh, staff, because we, again, we meet the people, we meet the entrepreneurs, we might be biased. So we need people that haven't interacted with entrepreneurs that are very, you know, new to this idea so they can assess the, like in a more pragmatic way, the, uh, the, uh, the applications. We need people to help us interview the semifinalists. So every applicant is interviewed by three people. So those are volunteers as well. Then we need judges for the pitch contest or for the final presentations. And those are volunteers. We need volunteers for our events, help us set up and, uh, you know, clean up things. Um, mm -hmm. And all the people that come teach the classes, those are volunteers as well. So every person that teaches the marketing, the sales, the legal aspects, the financial aspects, they are volunteers. And we try... And we've been very successful in doing that to bring them as much as possible from within the community. So in Northwest Arkansas, because one of the things that we want to help with our program is help our entrepreneurs expand their networks, meet more people outside of their own networks so they can, because that's the only way that you can be more successful, right? Like, you knowing more people that can point you to more uh, other different uh, options than the ones that you already know. So that's what we try to do. So you know, anybody who, and you don't need really to be a super expert in anything. We have already created the content of the, of the, of the classes. We have a PowerPoint, uh, really the person that teaches the class is just somebody who has familiarity with the topic and that we send the, the, the PowerPoint and everything in advance. It has notes and they just need to familiarize with it. They can adapt it if they feel like they can do a better job in something else. It's totally fine, but that's how, like, it takes about an hour, an hour and a half to teach a class. Very nice. Okay, well, you heard a whole bunch of ways to uh, help out. So connect with Rodrigo and help these entrepreneurs out. I, I'm really impressed that you manage all these volunteers on a staff of four people. It's crazy. It's we insane. are going insane sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. I don't know how you find time to do anything else. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, uh, E4ALL is part of my economic development team. What you're doing is hard work. You're helping out 
the business leaders that are building the businesses that we overlook oftentimes, which are the businesses that are enriching our lives and making our lives better. And so this is one of the most important things we must do in addition to attracting businesses and, and even supporting, you know, ones that have already existed uh, longer. It's, it's in continuing to accelerate and build and grow these businesses that, that you serve that helps accelerate and continue to build and grow our community. And so I believe that that is continuing to build on the promise to not only help people believe that they belong here, but know that they belong here. So, you know, E4ALL is really making certain that every person, regardless of their background and, and, and what they have access to and who they have access to, is able to be successful as entrepreneurs. So thank you for what you do. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. And I'll add to this, uh, you know, it's, it's not just the right thing to do. It also benefits yeah. The community. Yeah, it's a win-win right? for everyone. It's, it's a win for everybody. There are no losses here. So uh, thanks for leading the way on that. Okay, so, you know, there's E for All. What are the other ways, the other reasons you came to Northwest Arkansas? And how does this place and Bentonville really help you live the life that you deserve? Well, it's, we, uh, when we move, when we well, we moved to Bentonville because my wife took a job with Walmart. Mm-hmm. At the time, we were very reluctant to move to Northwest Arkansas. Sure. We lived in Dallas. We had a beautiful life. We had a beautiful house. Our son, at the time, he was nine. And so he was obviously, like he grew, like he was born there. He didn't want to move. He, all his friends, everything was there. So the first year, my wife was traveling back and forth between uh, Dallas and Bentonville. She, she would spend uh, Monday through Thursday in here in Bentonville and the rest. Either we would come and visit for the weekend or she would come back to Dallas. And as we did that, we, we spent a lot of time here in Northwest Arkansas and we loved it. We saw, you know, just how beautiful of a life you can have here. As you know, being a small city, but at the same time, you have all the amenities and all the things that a big city can offer. So it has the best of both, both worlds. You can live in a big city, like have the, the amenities of a big city but, and, and spend 15 minutes on your commute at the most, which is amazing. And that, like that was unthinkable in Dallas. Like the, the shortest commute that you would think is like an hour. And I was like, oh, that was, that wasn't bad. It was an hour. So spending 15 minutes and, and honestly, the, the biggest, the, the one thing that we love about living in Bentonville is that our son, he's like free range, if you will. Like he can, oh, nice. he can bike to school. He can take his bike to the square. He can go to the, to the trails. He can do all those things that in Dallas he would have never dreamed of. Like we would have never let him go beyond our block. And here he can do whatever he wants. I will not know whatever he wants, but, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but mostly. So it's, 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 it's a fantastic region to live in and city. Of, well, we, we live in Bentonville, so we love Bentonville, but the region is amazing as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was, I jotted myself a few notes as you were talking because there's all these common things, these, these things I hear all the time. I was reluctant to move here. We had a beautiful life. We had a beautiful house. Our child was, you know, whatever age, but man, nine's a tough one to, to be moving around with. <laughs> it was. Um, and then we got here and checked it out and went, why wouldn't we be here? And, you know, how wonderful it is, you know, and at nine years old, I don't know what your, your son's, you know, experience was changing school, coming here and changing schools. But what I hear from people often is everybody's a new kid here. <laughs> so and it was very easy like yeah. it, like everybody's very welcoming and that's something yep. uh, that it's amazing about this region that people you know in Dallas even from the beginning like we had a very good group of friends but it was hard to really break into the like in, like yeah. into the other groups and here because there's constant influx of like coming and going people people is very open to to meet new people and to let people join different friends and groups and 
So um, that that happened to my son as well. He immediately made friends and he joined, you know, the soccer team and the football team. So he has friends from like scouts. And so he has a wide variety of uh, of, of friends from different uh, environments and different activities. So it, it made it easier for him because uh, in Dallas, we never had him in those activities because he was an hour here, an hour there, an hour and a half over there. Take him to like, we were like, no, we're you're not doing anything. Whereas here he can do everything he wants and it's just 15 minutes. <laughs> it, it is, uh, you know, it's, it's life changing for folks. And I, I'm just thinking about like when my son, you know, really starts getting, he's two, right. But when he uh, gets into school and really starts getting out and meeting people, I was just thinking about listening to you talk about your son, how much confidence that can build in a child to always have access to these new people and to build friendships and, and always have the opportunity to meet new and different people with a wide range of, uh, of backgrounds and try out new things and how that's, that's possible here. And it's, it's not possible other places. And, uh, you know, you mentioned 15 minutes. It's funny. One of the, one of the complaints I hear here is, oh, well, traffic's getting terrible. Wait, you mean it took you 15 minutes to get somewhere in the mm-hmm. 12? Well, yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> we complain. Yeah. Beyond 15 minutes, it, oh, traffic was terrible. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, if, if your, your commute to work's one hour <laughs> and you want it to be 15 and complain about it, and come on. <laughs> what would you tell business leaders who may not have a presence here about the need for their business perhaps to have a presence here or, or what they should be thinking about? Yeah, you know, I think, you know, as a small, still as a developing region, I think that we, like our region has a lot of opportunities. First, we have a highly educated, you know, community here that have a lot of disposable income from yes. different organizations. So that opens up a lot of opportunities for business to bring here you know, to bring here businesses from like from the likes of San Francisco and Dallas, Houston, New York, you know, that they are paying millions of dollars for rent and taxes and all those things. They can make a huge buck here uh, if they wanted to, like if they wanted to bring any, because at the end of the day, yeah, there are still a lot of needs, like from food to services, you can find everything, but it's also limited because of them, you know, the, right. the, 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 so I think that there's still a plenty of opportunity for people to, to be very successful. I met so many people that started with nothing mm-hmm. and today they have, you know, three uh, car dealerships or they started a furniture business and they are growing and they are producing in Springdale and it's not Bentonville, but it's close. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but, the, but like, like they, they started from crafting their furniture in their own garage and now they have a whole warehouse where they produce that. So I think, you know, we're in the heart of the, of the country. You can ship to anywhere from here for, for cheap, mm-hmm. cheaper than many other regions. So, I mean, even for, from that perspective, not like, like if you don't want to make a business just in the community, like for the community, in the community, but want to make a national business, you can build it from here. You have the largest retailer in the world, you know, in, our, in, in Benton Mill, you have the largest meat producer in the world and you have the largest transportation company in the U.S. So, and, and the University of Arkansas. So um, you have a lot of things here like that, you know, would make sense for any business to start a, to bring their own, have their own presence here. Yeah, you bet. I mean, and, and you mentioned Springdale and these other places. Like, you know, one of the things I love about this region is I think you can think it's the region's almost 600,000 people, right? And no one city super dominates the region like in a lot of places. And so you can think of Northwest Arkansas as itself as a city and Bella Vista and Pea Ridge and Bentonville and Springdale and Lowell and Fayetteville and I know Rogers and I know I'm leaving some out, but you can think of these as the communities or the neighborhoods within the city of Northwest Arkansas. And a company can come here 
and be in the town it needs to be in to be closest to its customers or or that fits its profile in some way. And also the people, the different people who work for that company can live in the neighborhood that they want to live in. And it's all within 35 minutes of each other. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. It, and and it, it works quite well. And so I think about this region as a place where people need to be and then figure it out, figure out where it is you want your business to be, figure out where it is you want to live. And I say that as an economic developer, <laughs> right? You get to pick, you get to pick and it's all amazing and, and, and wonderful. Yeah. And, and honestly, thinking about the new generations that are, you know, the Gen Z and the, mm-hmm. even the millennials that are thinking more about quality of life more yes. than, you know, building a career in a big corporation. They want to have a little bit of both. Yeah. Uh, and this is a perfect place for that because you have all these outdoor activities and things that you can do. You have museums, you have the theater, you have everything you want, like from, from entertainment perspective and from, you know, from a lifestyle perspective. And then you have a lot of employers or you can build your own business and make it as successful as well. Because also one of the misconceptions that I always hear from people that doesn't know what Northwest Arkansas look like is, you know, but it's all like, there's no diversity there. And it's like, there is a lot of diversity in our community. 30 plus percent of the population is, you know, is Hispanic, Asian, uh, African-American, or, you know, any other, uh, and it's growing. It's not that it's stopping there. So uh, one of the biggest things that I love about this city is that we have a huge Indian community and yeah. they have these amazing restaurants that I, with my, our family, we love Indian food. So. And they have really, really, we have really, really good Indian food in here and Mexican and Thai and Vietnamese. So it's, uh, I mean, you can't go wrong bringing your yeah. business here. Oh, you can't. Yeah. I love food. Uh, it, it, and of course, let's not forget the Marshallese community. The Marshallese. The highest density of uh, Marshallese people that aren't in the Marshall Islands, mm-hmm. which might surprise some folks to find out. Now, I need a few Marshallese restaurants, so we need to get those. We are. Uh, get she's those opening. She's Good. opening soon, hopefully. Oh, <laughs> awesome. I can't wait. Well, you know, let's turn this cell up a notch because you mentioned that there are opportunities for, you know, we're growing so fast that we need more and more different professional services or more services, businesses, and so on. What I think of is, is bookkeepers. My goodness. If, if you're a bookkeeper... Move, just pack everything up and move right now or leave your stuff behind and get new stuff, whatever you have to do to get here. Because I bet you can build your book of businesses, your book of business in less than a year, in months, perhaps weeks. For sure. I met a psychotherapist who moved here during the pandemic. And, you know, she got here in February. I think she said February of 2020, then March of 2020 happened. She's like, oh my gosh, how are we going to build our business? And a year later, she was trying to figure out how can I find a new office because I need to expand? How can I add a psychotherapist? Because I literally cannot add another customer to my book of business. I, she had no additional capacity at all. And so she went from how in the world is this going to work to how in the world is this going to work because I can't serve all the I customers. Keep up. Yeah. Yeah. And and this is happening over and over again to folks. I mean, what are some other, you know, based on your experiences with the companies that, that you're mostly serving and, and from your life, what are some other types of businesses that could uh, I can think of build a book of business quickly? Many. So in the construction industry, for example, mm-hmm. you know, uh, plumbers, electricians, woodworking people that make cabinets and things of that nature. I hear people like that are remodeling, that are building new houses and that they can't find enough people for that. Uh, yeah. So businesses on that regard, I think it's crazy. Cleaning services from a commercial and a home perspective, it's uh, there aren't enough, even like mowing services. There yeah. aren't enough people to mow the lawns and like from a commercial or a home perspective as well. Obviously, restaurants, you know, there's always like, but that's a little bit more, you know, challenging at times. Sure. It's not a, it's not a clear shot sometimes, but, uh, but also on the medical side, as you were saying, like there are like veterinarians and all these 
smaller medical services that sometimes we can't like either there's one or two specialists and it's not enough to serve all the community. And so people have to go to Kansas City or to Tulsa or even drive to Dallas to get those services done. So I think, you know, there's there's a sea of opportunities here, actually. There really is. And, and to some folks, this may sound like a negative, but it's actually quite a positive, right? Because this is reflective of how quickly we've grown. And so what will happen now is these folks will infill and the answer to our growth is actually now more growth. And so you've got this, this growth that's building on itself and making this community an even better and amazing place. So, you know, in the short time you've been here, what's one of the more interesting things that you've noticed or one of the more interesting changes that you've noticed about Bentonville? Changes. I would probably say that one of the most interesting changes have been in Bentonville. We're talking about Bentonville. Mm -hmm. I, I would say all these all this building that is happening in the last two, in the last two years, like uh, it's crazy everywhere you go, uh, you turn around the corner and there's a new construction happening. They're tearing down something, some old construction and building a new apartment complex or, well, I mean, the Walmart home office that they're building. It's just incredible what they've done in just a year since they started building that. But like all this construction that is happening is, 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 is just, mind-boggling you know it's and it's changed all some in so many other ways but that i think to me the construction has been really impressive it, it has been even in the short time i've been here and 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 the construction here happens oftentimes seven days a week it, everywhere you go there's somebody building something so you know i mentioned earlier northwest arkansas has about six hundred thousand people Bentonville itself has about 10 percent of that about sixty thousand, mm-hmm. and yet we pulled more than a billion dollars in construction permits last year. Wow. Yeah. So that if that uh, gives anybody any idea of how fast this place is growing. Okay, Rodrigo, every once in a while, I ask folks to play a round of sort of rapid fire answers, question <laughs> answers with me. I'd love to do that with you as well okay. today as we start winding this down. We're clearly both fans of food. So let's start there. Favorite restaurants in Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas? Jayos uh, on ah, 8th Street yes. Market. I love cheese freedom. Um, what's freedom? Oh, freedom cheese. Freedom yeah, cheese. Yeah. Oh, That's I really l- good. That, they, they saved my life. I'm a fan of cheese <laughs> and, uh, and I can find everything there. Crepes Paulette, really good. Oven on tap for pizza. And the pig ear nachos at uh, Toscan Trotter. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. They Those are, are to die for. Those are starving amazing. Things. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Took a, by the way, I, there was a guy from a, I'll call it a major restaurant chain, not one where they have thousands of stores, but one where they have a do- dozens of stores that's a little higher end. Really uh, interesting that. To Crepes Paulette the other day, he popped into town. He needed to look around. I'll say that. And uh, he sent me a note uh, yesterday and told me that was by far and away the best crepe he had ever had in his life. Really? This guy spends his time going to towns and make sure he checks out, you know, restaurants while he's there to get a a pulse on the restaurant industry. I haven't told them at Crepes Paulette that yet, but... Favorite bars in Bentonville? Scotch and Soda, Preacher's Son, the bar at the top, um, you know, the rooftop. It's really good. I don't know. I don't go out much for, I, I'm old, so I'm yeah, boring same. and I don't go Understand. out much for that. So I, 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 those, those are the two that I that come to mind. Well, and actually, you know what? The the dive, or I think it's the dive, the name of the one oh, that yeah. they built on the corner yeah, yeah. of uh, across from the preacher zone. Yeah. That one is really cool because it's re- very down to earth. Well, and the momentaries, um, oh, that yeah. is beautiful. That, that one too. Yeah. The tower bar is really the cool. The tower bar. Really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Favorite place to get outdoors around here? I would say color. Nice. Uh, it's the... I, I love it. Uh, and it has everything. You can, you have an airship to go drink a coffee in the morning if you want to, or you can, you know, go to the top now that they finished the, the, the staircase, steps. the steps. Yes. 
Eleven um, flights. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. I haven't done it yet, but I plan to do it sometime. So yeah, Color and I would say Beaver Beaver Lake. It's also one of our favorite places to go. Great places. Uh, favorite place to watch people. I'd say one is Crystal Bridges. It's a weird one, but it like it's always okay. a different crowd and it's yeah. an interesting crowd. The other one would be the Square. Bentonville Square on a Saturday uh, night evening. It's it's a fun people watching place. Absolutely. Uh, you walked me into my next one. Just a couple more to go. Favorite museum or cultural institution. I'm going to add something to that. And before you answer, if you say Crystal Bridges, which is a very legitimate answer, then you have to take a second shot because everybody knows about Crystal Bridges. Is that Every, well, not everybody, which not is weird. Right. It's crazy. I don't know how... People don't know about it being such a, it's a gem, yes. honestly. But Momentary, we I, we love going to the Momentary. We don't go that often, but the Native American uh, Museum as well, it's really cool. Very eye-opening for yes. us um, because we didn't know all the story behind, you know, these lands. And so it's a great place to go as well. Yeah, abso- absolutely. And favorite place that we probably underappreciate in Bentonville or the Northwest Arkansas region? Underappreciate. I would probably say, so there are a couple that come to mind. The first one is Centennial Park. I mm. think that people take it for granted and they don't appreciate the amazing space that we have there with yeah. all the, you know, everything that we like. We have everything from baseball uh, fields to tennis courts to basketball courts to soccer fields and a lot of ground for dog, like the doggy park oh, and yeah. everything that they built. So it's amazing. To me, an underappreciated part of our region is Springdale, specifically yes. downtown Springdale. I think it's a, it's a beautiful place. They've done a lot of great work in renovating and reinvigorating that part. Uh, and I think a lot of people know about it, so, but it's really cool. Yeah. Every time we go to Springdale, we stumble across some festival. Mm-hmm. That's happening in the that little area downtown. We went to an art show and then we were leaving, I don't know, a few weeks ago and went to an art show. We were leaving as we're driving past there, they were doing a big Dia de los Muertos uh-huh. event. And we pulled over and, and and went and it was awesome. They are constantly doing stuff and it's really like really fun stuff. We went to these 500 people dinner, like outdoors. Um, nice. It was in August, sometime in August. And it was amazing. It was, it was a great event. People from all backgrounds and, you know, were there. So they, they do really good stuff in downtown Springdale. Exactly. You know, the fact that you did an outdoor dinner in August, I think also speaks to our four moderate seasons. Yeah. Yes, it gets warm here in August. But if you can pull off an outdoor dinner of 500 people in August, it doesn't get that warm. It's not, not no, so that you no. can't tolerate it. Not compared to Texas. No. Uh, oh, gosh, no. Well, my last stop was Memphis, which is just shove your head in a hot bucket of water every day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, as we start wrapping up, one of my favorite questions to ask folks is, tell me a hashtag because Bentonville story. That's something that, you know, perhaps happened or a moment that you look at it and go, you know, that could only happen here or it describes the essence of this place. You know, for me, that moment is every time I I go out and I meet somebody, it's like the, you know, they say that there's uh, seven levels of separation yeah. between people. In Bentonville, that doesn't happen. It's a one level of separation. Like every time I meet somebody like, oh, did you know so and so and so? And, you know, in Dallas, people ask me that and I would like always know. No. <laughs> and here it it would be probably yes. The answer is yes. I know so and so or so because it's it it it's a it's a big it's a big region. It's six hundred thousand, yeah. you know, strong, but still I think we we have this openness in Northwest Arkansas, this uh this willingness to welcome people and to meet new people and make people feel at home sure. and belong in the region. Where, you know, you, to me, that's, that's the, the, the hashtag because Bentonville, because it's like, I, I go to a restaurant and you find somebody, you go yeah. to a, to the Crystal Bridges and you cross paths with 10 more people that you know. And 
Like there's no, like you have to behave in this town because there's no way that <laughs> nobody's true. going to know what you're doing uh, at any given point in time. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. Uh, you know, as, as you were saying, one degree of separation. Yes, I know them. And I was also thinking, and they're accessible. Right? Yeah, they're open. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay. Last three questions. If there's somebody out there, and I, I think we may have mentioned this earlier, but I want to cover it again, just in case. If somebody out there is listening to this podcast and they want to learn more about e for all or apply, where do they do that? Well, there's a couple of ways. We we have a Facebook page that it's uh, e for all Northwest R A R, and we have an Instagram account as well. I they can find me on LinkedIn, Rodrigo Salas, and send me an, uh, a LinkedIn request. Uh, I. I, I do check who's sending me an invitation. No, I don't accept everybody. But if you are from the region, I'm pretty sure that I'm going to take your, like, accept your invitation. Or you can go to our website and there's like, you can find our contact information there. I would tell it to you right now, but I, uh, with my pronunciation, you probably wouldn't get it. So maybe you can put it on like a supper on, uh, yes, a super on, <laughs> on, on the, but it's rodrigo.salas at eforall.org and they can send me an email there and I'm always responding to my email. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. In the show notes, we always, uh, uh, link the people and the organizations that, that have been talked about. So we'll definitely have you there. What's the next big thing for eforall NWA or, or what events or dates are coming up that we should pay attention to? Well, we're just about to kick off our um, winter 2023 accelerator program in January 9th in, in Spanish and January 10th in English. So we accepted 17 new entrepreneurs into our program. So we're excited to do that next week. The next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing the mentor matching that you were, uh, you asked me mm-hmm. previously how we chose the teams. Sure. So we do a mentor matching event that is basically a speed dating event where every entrepreneur meets every mentor virtually. It's it's via Zoom, but we try to get them to know each other from a personal perspective. We, we, we sure. don't match them from an industry background or anything like that. It's more about the person, how they can, how they feel they can work with each other from, you know, from talking to each other. So that's coming in the next couple of weeks. And then we're going to select the teams. Right now we have, we still have, we need six more mentors, but we have 42 mentors lined up for our uh, entrepreneurs. So it's going to be a fun couple of weeks. And then we are going to have a pitch contest that we haven't decided yet the dates, but it's going to be in the spring of next year and another one in the summer. And we have opened our applications already for our summer uh, accelerator that starts in July. So people can start and have actually already started applying to, a, to that accelerator that it starts in July. So they can go to our website and they can apply there. Okay, great. That that works. Perfect. Uh, maybe I lied to you. I've got two more questions because I, <laughs> I think I said three, then we did two. Here's one I, I uh, come back to from time to time, and I'd love to know yours. If you had a superpower, but it came with a significant limitation, what would it be? And while you're thinking about it, I'll offer up one of my own. You know, and mine would be if I wanted to change the outcome of, doesn't matter the sport, any Arkansas Razorback sporting event, <laughs> be it basketball or football, maybe that's the one I'd want to change them in right now, or, or whatever I'd want to do, I'd be able to do that. However, the significant or unfortunate limitation would be that every time I used that superpower to get us a win, it would also award a win to the Texas Longhorns over us in the same sport immediately. <laughs> yeah, I knew I would get that from you, but yeah. we'll give you a little down Texas. Uh, it's the first time down Texas has appeared on the show, isn't it? And, uh, and, 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 and the hookup, yeah, hook them up. Hook em. If you're from Texas, we still love you too. But <laughs> you understand. I don't know. I, you know, I, I've always wanted to have the superpower of reading minds. Nice. Um, knowing what people are thinking when, you know, when just sitting around and doing stuff or when you're talking to them, yeah. because you know, oftentimes you don't know what they're going, like what's going in their minds when they're talking to them. Maybe the limitation would be that I couldn't use any of that information as uh you know in my advantage Solid. Uh, <laughs> um but yeah I, I think that it would be amazing to know what people think 
that is a solid limitation. I would have only limited you to maybe not being able to read your wife's or your, your son's <laughs> mind. <or, laughs> that is a solid limitation that, that, that you picked out. Uh, you didn't cheat at all on that one for sure. Uh, last question. What should I have asked you that I did not ask? I think you covered everything. You did a very good job in asking <laughs> questions, James. Okay. Well, in that case, Rodrigo, thank you so much for spending time with me and with our Bentonville Beacon audience today. I really appreciate the work that you're doing, the way you're helping those entrepreneurs that really are enriching our lives every day and the work that you're doing in this community. Now you're helping build Bentonville and Northwest Arkansas. Thank you so much for your service to our community. Thank you for being part of our board and thank you for having us on, having me on this show. It's great to be here. So thank you so much for oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Hey, thank you to our Bentonville Beacon audience. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media or through a text or an email to your friends and colleagues and, you know, keep coming back to learn more about Bentonville and its businesses and leaders and this place where you can have more of what you want and less of what you don't. And as always, visit BentonvilleEconomicDevelopment.com to see all of our episodes and to learn more and hit subscribe, of course, on your favorite podcast player. Thanks. See you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Bentonville Beacon Podcast. We hope to see you next week.